as you and I all know very well, life has plenty of challenges. And every day when you wake up in the morning or whenever you happen to wake up and whatever your schedule may be, there are challenges that we all deal with in life. And it's a, it's a wonderful thing when you come to the place where you realize that all this, this stuff that we call life has a purpose. All of it has a plan. And that God, God desires to have a relationship with us in the midst of all of this chaos as we see it. And he invites us to come and receive Christ as our Savior. And when we do, we really have a whole different perspective on life. Now, most of us have a perspective on life that is more hope-filled, more purposeful. We look forward to where we're going. We anticipate the coming of the Lord. We know that, we know that he has prepared a place for us. And we're excited about that. We're looking forward to that. But life still happens. We still have to deal with the realities and the challenges of everyday life. And so we try to find out from the Lord, from the Word of God, we, we try to sort out how, how do we live, how do we live with Christ Every day. And the more we learn about what that means and about the significance of our relationship with him and everything else, it, it, it really changes our ability to function and to deal with life. We don't have to deal with it the same way we've always dealt with it. We can actually be at peace in the midst of life's storms. We don't have to cut the person off after we've been cut off on the freeway. We don't have to abuse somebody verbally or emotionally. We don't, we don't have to do those things that everybody else seems to do and we were also a party to. We don't have to do those things. And we realize now that we have a power and a strength within us that is greater than that which is in the world. Just as Paul says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The challenge for us is not so much the understanding of that truth, especially if you've been a Christian for a while, you've been reading the Bible and walking with the Lord a little bit. It's not difficult to comprehend mentally that I now have residing in me, closer than breath, God. How cool is that? But depending on God, reaching out to God, allowing God to have his way, that's a different story. Knowing it up here in my mind gives me a perspective. It gives me what you call theology. It gives me an understanding of you know, how things are. But the practical aspect of transforming that mental understanding into practical application 
is, is what's absolutely necessary. And I'm here to tell you the good news this morning, and that is, as I said last week, the Holy Spirit is your enabler. The Holy Spirit is the one who enables you to do what you cannot do. The Holy Spirit is the one who enables you to experience the victory offered and fulfilled by Christ. So you and I need to come to understand that even more than we have. I'm going to be sharing with you from Ephesians chapter 4 today, and I just want to uh, preface some of the comments by looking at verse 30 of chapter 4 of Ephesians says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God. We, we talked about the fact at the very beginning of this series that the Holy Spirit is not a force. The Holy Spirit is not some blue light special at Walmart that you kind of rub. The Holy Spirit is not something that, excuse me, Kmart, sorry about that. I had to re- refresh my memory. It's been a while. But the Holy Spirit is not some magical thing that you, you know, rub and here's the genie out of the bottle and poof, you know, everything gets fixed and done. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the triune God. The Holy Spirit is God. And as we understand this, we come to the place of recognizing the relationship that we have with the Holy Spirit, with God the Holy Spirit. I want to just turn your attention briefly to 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14. It's really a very special little verse where Paul is giving a closing remark to his audience in Corinth, and he says this. He says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Grace of the Lord Jesus, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. That's the same word that's used to describe the believers in Acts chapter 2 that had fellowship. Fellowship. They had a relationship. An intimate relationship. And it's vital this morning that you understand that God, the Holy Spirit, longs to have an intimate relationship with you. And as you turn to the Holy Spirit and find direction and power from the Holy Spirit, you will be enabled to do a few things that we find in Ephesians chapter 4. Five things specifically. And obviously the opposite of this is that you grieve the Holy Spirit. Grieve the Holy Spirit. But when he's not grieved, when we're in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, he enables us to do a number of things. Number one, truth-telling. Truth-telling. He says, therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth each one of you, with his neighbor, for we are members one of another, verse 25 of chapter 4. Truth-telling. The Holy Spirit will enable you to speak the truth. 
Have you ever lied? <laughs> Duh. <laughs> and when, you, when you've ever been caught in a lie and somebody said, why did you lie? Have you ever just kind of been dumbfounded like, uh, um, See, after the fact, it makes no sense. After the fact, you didn't need to. After the fact, it was, it was really superfluous. But at the moment, you lied. Somebody asks you a question, and instead of giving a direct answer, maybe you embellish, or maybe you don't tell the whole story, or maybe whatever the case may be. The Holy Spirit is the enabler for us to communicate truth, to speak the truth with one another. Another one is verses 26 and 27, which, which are extremely powerful. He says, be angry. Anger is not a sin, by the way. It's what you do with it. He says, be angry, but do not sin, and do not let the sun go down on your wrath, and do not give the devil an opportunity. Be angry, but don't sin. The Holy Spirit is the enabler for us with regard to anger management. Do any of you have trouble with anger? You, sh you, you don't look like you have trouble. From my perspective, you all look like angels. And we'll keep it that way. The Holy Spirit will, will enable you to handle anger. Another one in verse 28. The Holy Spirit enables us to give responsibly. To give responsibly. Verse, verse 28 says, Let him who steals, steal no longer, but let him rather labor. When is a thief no longer a thief? When the thief stops stealing, they are not stealing. It doesn't mean they're no longer a thief. According to verse 28, he says, Rather let him labor, performing with his own hands what is good, in order that he may have something to share, give. A thief is no longer a thief, not when they stop stealing, but when they start giving. And the Holy Spirit is our enabler to be responsible givers. Verse 29. The Holy Spirit enables us to have grace-filled communication. Grace-filled communication. Any of you having trouble or do you have trouble being grace-filled in your communication? Paul says, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification, according to the need of the moment, that it may give grace to those who hear. The Holy Spirit is our enabler so that we can be grace-filled in our communication. And then 31 and 32, the Holy Spirit is our enabler to have tender-hearted forgiving. Tender-hearted forgiving. He says, 
Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. So when you and I, who have a relationship with God because of what Jesus did, have a relationship with the Father, when you and I do not speak truth in love, when you and I do not allow the Holy Spirit to control our anger so it's not unrighteous, when you and I do not give responsibly, when you and I do not speak in order to lift people and encourage people and give grace, and when you and I do not forgive and we're not willing to be tender-hearted and kind, we are grieving the resident God. Because the Holy Spirit doesn't live within us so that we can simply say, I got the Holy Ghost. I, I don't know, every time I, I think of that gone in 60 seconds, no, it's not that one, it's about the Italian job. Every time I think about the Italian job movie, I, I think of, and I can never remember his name, but I think of, of the guy sitting there in the airport, you know, and he's got it all figured out, you know, and they figured out how much this, this gold is worth, and he just goes nuts and crazy, and everybody looks at him, and he goes, Coo, I got the Holy Ghost. <laughs> that just cracks me up. And I think a lot of times that's what Christians do. You know, they have an incredible experience, and they have something that happens, and they go, Woo, this is really awesome. But the best and the most powerful example of the presence of the Spirit of God in your life as the enabler is when it's not that woo-hoo thing. It's experiencing His power as a channel to speak truth, to speak kind words, to speak love, to encourage, to strengthen, to give, to forgive. The Holy Spirit is our enabler. One of the main reasons for this series is because much of Christianity is removed from an intimate relationship and understanding of the Holy Spirit. We talk about God the Father. We talk about God the Son. And then there's the Spirit. And most people don't know what to do with the Spirit. I want you to understand. I want you to know. I want you and I, every single day of our lives, to realize that the resident God, the Holy Spirit, is present and longs to have fellowship with us. Fellowship. Defining intimacy. Defining a relationship. A participatory relationship, a partnership, a participation. That's what koinonia is. And the Holy Spirit wants to have an active part in the relationship that you have with the world around you and the people around you. The Holy Spirit is your enabler. The next time... 
Or maybe the time after that, or the time after that. <laughs> when you need help, which, by the way, is what Jesus said the Holy Spirit was. The Holy Spirit is our helper. The next time you need help to speak the truth, ask for help. The next time you need help with your anger, ask for help. The next time you need help being a responsible giver, not just a taker, ask for help. The next time you need help speaking so that it lifts people up and encourages them and gives them grace, ask for help. And the next time that you need to forgive someone, ask for help. It's one of the things that I've learned is that none of this is possible if I don't have help. And by the way, it's not a done deal once and for all time. You don't just simply surrender on Monday and you're good for the rest of your life. Forget the week. It's, a, it's an ongoing thing. You've got to continually be Learning, growing, depending, experiencing all that he has for you in these areas. He will enable you. Let me give you a couple of just brief examples. Just really simple things. For example, when I am involved in, in counseling or, or sharing with, with one or a couple of people that are struggling with something, I don't have the needed wisdom and I don't have the understanding and I don't know who these individuals are down deep. I don't, I don't know. And so as far as speaking the truth to them in love, there are, there are probably... 90% of the experiences that I have where as I'm speaking and as I'm trying to share with them truth, I will ask for the help of the Spirit. Okay. It's really simple. Really simple. Mentally, I don't even have to verbalize it. I'll say, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me. when I'm in the middle of a situation where I need to forgive and my pride is welling up and I do not want to forgive and I have no desire to forgive and I'm just being bitter and stubborn, just, I just have to come to the place where I surrender myself and I say, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me. So I can forgive. So I can act in faith. When I'm out of control in anger or I find anger rising up with me, within me that, that is going to lead me to do something that I know in the past by experience has been bad. <laughs> Hasn't gone well. The Holy Spirit, help me. Help me. The Holy Spirit is your helper. The Holy Spirit is there to help you experience all the victory that has been secured for you in Jesus Christ. 
So this morning, as you think of this fellowship, this intimacy with the Spirit, remember what he says. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. You have a relationship with God the Holy Spirit. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. The opposite of grieving the Holy Spirit, the opposite of hurting the Holy Spirit, it's a, it's a, it's a person, the third person of the triune God. The opposite of hurting the Holy Spirit or grieving the Holy Spirit is, I guess, simply put, you can make him happy. Happy. The Holy Spirit can be overjoyed with your response of obedience to his power in your life. The question is, are you and I going to enable him? Are we going to let him do what only he can do? The song that was sung for the offering is one that uh, I selected and Thankfully, with, with Sarah's understanding and approval and abilities, we sang for the offering because it talks about how the disciples were facing these waves, monstrous waves, and how Peter was afraid and the disciples were all afraid. And on the one occasion where, where Peter's called out of the boat by Jesus, and he's afraid of going out of the boat. And Jesus says, come. And with his eyes riveted on Jesus Christ, he gets out of the boat and walks on the water. And then he starts looking at the waves and down he goes. By example and illustration this morning, you and I face the waves of life every day. Every day. Jesus has power over the waves. He has won that victory for us through the cross, through his death, burial, and resurrection. And he has blessed us and given us and sent to us God the Holy Spirit to keep our eyes focused on Christ. Look up. Look up. Look up. Because trusting in what Jesus has done and relying on the power of the Spirit is what will help you and help me. To have victory every day. By the way, these are just a few of all of the various ones that are in this passage that talk about how the Holy Spirit will not be grieved and you will be empowered. And in fact, he even goes on to tell us not to be drunk with wine, but to be filled with the Spirit. And we're going to spend a whole Sunday on what that means, to be filled with the Spirit our enabler. My prayer this morning is that you and I will more and more and more often rely on God the Holy Spirit to enable us to walk in victory. You'll like it. I'll like it. Father, we thank you this morning we recognize with amazement and humility all that you have done, all that you've designed. So grateful, so grateful 
for the work of the Lord Jesus. All that he has done in order to secure our salvation. We're so thankful for the residing presence of of your character, of you in our lives by the power of your spirit. And we pray, Father, we pray, Father, that you would make us more and more aware of this fellowship that we have with you in and through the spirit. You call us out on the waters. You call us, Father, to have our eyes fixed on Christ. You call us to to rely on the power of your spirit and we need it so much. We want to thank you for enabling us. We ask that you would help us today to recognize it, surrender to it, submit to it, even as we sing, even as we sing. And Father, even as we, even as we give our love offering this morning, speak to our hearts. Holy Spirit, take the word for which you are the author and make it really, really clear. And we give you the praise. You're such an awesome God. And we love you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together and sing if God has spoken to your heart and you need to respond or want prayer this morning, you, you come on forward and during this song we'll also receive the love offering if you have one and most importantly, most importantly, turn your attention to the fact that God doesn't want you to be a failure, God doesn't want you to fail and God has granted to you all that you need, everything you need. Sing this out and respond to his lead.
I am yours. I am yours. Because of what Jesus has done, we are yours. Bought with a price. Secured by the finished work of Jesus. Declared forgiven by our wonderful Father. And indwelt fully by the Spirit. God, we are yours. Help us to turn to you often and regularly as our enabler in order to assist us to become all that you have paid for us to be. Walk in faith and victory and to enjoy life as, as only we can in fellowship with you. We're so grateful and we thank you. We pray all these things in the wonderful name of Jesus. Everybody said, Amen. Have an awesome week.